and welcome to Identity Talks, the podcast from Identity Experts. I'm today's host, Shelley Hill, and we'll be talking about career returners. Now, with women making up 58% of carers in the UK, as well as bearing the brunt of childcare in the majority of cases, this podcast aims to talk to women who have managed to find a work-life balance and maintain a successful career despite the challenges they've faced with career breaks. Now, I'm talking to Una McDonald, the founder of the It's Her Story program. Welcome, Una. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Uh, would you like to start by telling us, uh, giving us a brief introduction about who you are and, and what you do? Well, um, as you said in the introduction, I'm Una McDonald, and I run a company called It's Her Story. Um, the organisation really came about as a result of a number of experiences throughout my career. Um, I, I do say to people that I describe myself as a, a serial career changer um, over the years. However, although the careers have changed, uh, there has been a link, um, uh, quite an organic link between the different careers. Um, I started off finishing at university in the 80s um, with a degree in interior architecture and I went on to practice in commercial interiors for nearly 20 years and of course in that time I did take a break for bringing up uh, my son. Um, following on from that I went to go and work overseas because the opportunities were better overseas. As a result of taking a career break, like many other women, um, I found that I needed to catch up in terms of saving up for a pension. There'd been a big gap in that. So I took a position overseas in the Middle East and I was there for the best part of 10 years. And in that time, I transitioned from working as um, a senior project manager uh, with commercial interiors and commercial architecture. I was looking after teams, overseeing teams of engineers and architects and designers and graphics people. Um, And I transitioned into education, um, mainly because what had happened was there was a global recession uh, just 2008, which many people will remember. And yes, at the middle, in the Middle East, there was a big demand for careers in interior design specifically. And that was because it was considered suitable for women. And as you know, the structure in the Middle East uh, for women is that they... don't have access to the same careers, generally speaking, although it's much improved now. Um, So this was considered a good good career choice. So the universities were developing programmes and courses and degree programmes for them. And that's where I got involved with education. And I went on to work in different universities and eventually I took a bold move to go to uh, Saudi Arabia and head up a department of architecture and interior design. And I was there for four and a half years. 
in that role. And that was an eye-opener. Um, it was a huge learning curve going into the country alone because by that time my son had grown up and uh, he was uh, at college in the UK. Um, so I, I found it really quite... Um, a big learning curve for me because I was there alone, as I said, and the the difference of the lifestyle and the choice that I generally took for granted were not there in a simple way. And also being in charge of a women's a, a department in a women's university was quite a different experience. I was exposed to understanding the issues that many women faced um, in Saudi Arabia. Um, so as a result of that experience, um, I obtained a little bit more financial security. And then I decided that I needed to return home. And I needed to return home to the UK because fam family situations changed. My father was quite elderly. Um, there were other relatives that needed support and I didn't want to be too far away. So I returned home, not really considering enough that there could be an issue um, in terms of accessing work that would suit my experience. And I was really surprised because I came back, started applying for jobs again and found that Actually, I wasn't getting it very much success. I was getting very little success. And what was most surprising was I wasn't even getting interviews. And when I started to explore this a little bit more, I found that it was really because of my age. And it was because of my experience. I was beginning to understand that, you know, this issue of, prejudice and inequality that I had associated so much with Middle Eastern culture was actually here in the UK just as badly. So um, right back into the UK and after several months I thought this is crazy so I became involved with a big project which was uh, making a documentary film and uh, that kept me going for a while. That was a big success and a great achievement because I hadn't actually worked on, um, uh, you know, sort of digital media before. Uh, but I took the challenge and we delivered the documentary and had it certified and distributed. And, it, you know, it was, it was going on through terrestrial uh, channels. So that I knew at that point that I was perfectly capable of transferring skills. Um, and that, that was um, a significant uh, confidence boost. So I decided that I was going to set up a company that would raise the issues through uh, digital media, um, whether it be through podcast, through film, through creating projects and uh, events, conferences and workshops 
that all concentrate on women's issues and that reflecting British women today in all its multicultural glory. I wanted to tackle all of those. And I thought from my own personal experience, I will start off by creating a returners programme for women. Uh, because I thought, well, if I'm facing, um, you know, as a woman who's highly experienced and quite well qualified, if I'm facing these difficulties, it must be prolific. And I've discovered, unfortunately, that I was right. It is a very serious issue. So we ran the programme last year, very kindly sponsored by identity experts. They were great partners in enabling us to get it off the ground. Um, and from there, we're now arranging to repeat the programme in not just Manchester, but also over in Liverpool um, while working on other projects. So that's what I am. And that's what I do. Wow, that's a yeah, it's a, a amazing story. Um, just going back to the the challenges that you um experienced trying to get back into the um the workforce. Obviously, age was an issue. Um, and that needing to update your your skill set. Um, so what what measures uh, would you recommend that for, or did you put in place or would you recommend that women would put in place um to enable them to get back into the workforce? Well, you know, it's, it, it's, I do think that we all, women or men, um, must sort of take as much effort as possible to keep our skill set up to date, particularly if you're working in certain industries. Um, and I know that there is, um, and certainly of my generation, which, you know, I'd say over 55 women tend to be quite reluctant, fearful, I would describe it, um, of looking at um, mastering new technology. Uh, but I, and, and this is another side to what we want to do at, at It's Her Story, is create workshops and events where we can start to break down these walls that we put in front of ourselves uh, and think that, you know, the computer is some kind of, you know, demon that needs to be mastered. Where it's a very, it, at the end of the day, these are all just tools. It, it doesn't take away our skills and our intelligence and our experience. It's just a way of communicating them. So I would say to all people, to keep up to date with those skills um and like and like you did you took that opportunity of with that um that film um you know learning that the digital media were new skills for you um but by 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 you know learning those skills it gave you the opportunity to to take the next step from there that's right yes and um and also it's it's understanding the changing world um, and I actually think women are pretty good at doing this anyway. And the reason for that, I think, is precisely because they do still tend to be the main carer of children. And so 
understand what's happening in the school environment and what young people are having to be aware of. So they are, I think women generally are quite well connected. Yeah, absolutely. Do, um, so uh, one thing I've, I've been talking to um, some people lately about applying for jobs. Now, you know, when, as a woman, when I look at uh, a, a, you know, perspective, a job specification, I you know, I'll go through the requirements and I'll say, oh, no, I don't really match that. And, you know, you, you weigh up whether or not, you know, what your chances are of getting the job and, and you've got to be honest with yourself about what you can do. Um, and and I would I would just dismiss the job that, that I thought, oh, well, I'm not really, you know, qualified for that. Whereas there is um, sometimes, you know, in speaking to some, uh, some colleagues of mine, they said, well, Shelley, if you were a man, you would apply for that job anyway. Because, you know, you know, there's employers that, you know, they're looking for different things. Of course, they, they, they want best case scenario. This is what we want. Um, but quite often, um, you know, you, you still you still have a chance. And, and, uh, and, you know, they've said to me, you shouldn't necessarily dismiss applying for a job just because you don't have the skill set. Um, in talking to some of my other um, podcast guests, they've been saying that their own employers uh, have taken them on in the knowledge they didn't necessarily have all the right skills, but they had transferable skills, and and they were the employers were um, open to training on the job. Basically, that mentorship to upskilling, um, you know, in, in the new role. Um, is this something that uh, that you know, like you think employers uh, should be more open to and to to support employees that are returning from a career break? I do. And I think you, you made the very interesting point there in, in your description about the challenge of looking at, at new career opportunities and that you have to be honest with recognising what you can do. And there's the difference between women and men. Men naturally are risk takers mm. and women tend to be risk averse and also who have greater integrity. If the truth be known, that is where it sits. And I see this in my own family. You know, I have a son who's 27. Uh, my niece who lives with me is 26. And I see how they go about um, accepting challenges at work or, you know, uh, look, seeking new job opportunities. And my son will go through something and I know that he is mentally saying, oh, yes, they want this, this, I'll wing that. Now, nah, I've got a little bit of this, but I'll, I'll focus on that. Whereas women will trawl through a job description and actively look for things that they cannot do. Yeah. Uh, and I think that this requires a huge change in how we bring women up young women up to it's all very well us saying to people uh, and to young people oh yeah you can do anything mm. but we really have to instill that belief and for some reason men young men still automatically i don't know whether it's a sense of bravado or you know they're bred to have that little bit more courage but we have to look at why there are differences and how we can adjust that at a much earlier point. Yeah. Because it, it, you know, for all of these generations, 
which I have seen as a middle-aged woman, that um, it's always on the women's shoulders to make the changes. We have the lion's share of the responsibility. We've got to go go to war when we when we set out on a career, um, and we're always having to explain ourselves as to why we should take a career break mm. or you know can we have that discussion about why we feel we need to take on the sole responsibility of looking after children or looking after elderly people uh, or a special needs child you know there's there are so many layers to this and it isn't just about women always making the adjustments um i really do think that we've got to start much earlier in really exploring what this whole equality thing really means for us absolutely um and how do you how do you think um you know we were saying about the women maybe women maybe not feeling confident uh in you know when you're looking through a, a job description and say oh no i can't do that do you think there's an element of that um imposter syndrome that that might be introduced there that there's that feeling like well i, I don't want to be caught out as <laughs> as uh as not being up to this challenge yes and i think that there, there is you know some merit to the argument that women suffer from imposter syndrome more than men and and i think that in exploring that further you might ask yourself the question is that because we have traditionally taken the time away from the workplace naturally to take on the Mm. pairing role um because what research has found that now that more men are taking the opportunity of paternal leave even though we would like more men to do that the imposter syndrome and the crisis of confidence happens just as quickly with men who do who take their time away from the workplace so there is something that happens to people when they are out of their comfort zone and uh, at home working or supporting young children and my argument is I think there's a lot to do with the fact that we have for years worked in a working environment we've set it up so that we have the right kind of support it's familiar um you know we're we're creatures that like routine and then suddenly you're in a situation where you're looking after a very vulnerable human being and it's a massive responsibility and it takes and demands all your attention and it's so overwhelming uh, and, and nobody can be properly prepared for it. And I think, you know, once you're in that mindset, you suddenly think, oh, I'm doing this now and, I, and I'm just getting this uh, to a point where I understand it. And then returning back to the workplace, particularly a lot of mums find it very difficult to switch off and, and be present in the workplace. And that is a whole learning curve, again, that 
uh, employers need to start supporting. Yeah, no, you describe that really well, actually. Um, in, in your experience with the, you know, the It's Her Story program and um, and you know, helping women in, you know, in, in trying to get back into work, um, what have you what have you found that would be helpful for women for for the employers to put in place to support these women trying to get back in the workforce is there is there something that women should be asking for from their potential new employers or something they should be aware of um in that um initial employment negotiation like asking for um whether it be you know extra mentorship time or you know whatever it may be yes I think I think there are a lot of things that employers can improve on to really um, create a situation where it's a smoother transition for parents coming back into the workplace, particularly women. And for for women, particularly, you know, when we have done the research for the. Um, women's return program women were actually picking up on simple little things that were missing uh, from their experience of going back into work which made them feel even more isolated or uh, not particularly welcoming uh, atmosphere going back into the, into the role that they had before and simple things were Things like um, managers making sure that line managers or supervisors uh, knew and planned for when those women came back. Very often women would turn up at work. Nobody knew they were going to be there. Even their desk had been commandeered for something else. And, you know, it's like simple little touches, making sure that people know a proper welcome, nice card, um, and then, you know, putting time aside on those first few days to make sure that they're familiar with what's happened in the time that they've been away from the workplace. Some employers do have a, um, a program in place where they, at certain points of the maternity leave, for example, they invite uh, their employee to come back and attend some meetings just to slowly get updated with what's been happening in the organisation. And all of those things are great. The bigger organisations do tend to be quite good at uh, putting things in, although there's always room for improvement. But I would say it's the small to medium-sized companies that can be very lapsed sometimes. And it's really a question of bringing the issues to their attention and abiding on simple um, procedures that can make life so much easier for people coming back into the workplace. And it applies not just for mums, by the way, or uh, fathers, but people who have had to take time away from work, for example, due to illness. Um, all it, it's we go through the same adjustment um, issues. Uh, everybody in that situation goes through the same concerns. Absolutely, and I yeah I 
I think that um, you, you in returning to work, I mean, by my, my, my own personal experience, um, I, I, it's all about asking, you know, if there's, there may not be, as you say, in small to medium businesses, they, in particular, there may not be um, procedures or processes in, pre- in place. Um, but you, if you need something, then you, you just need to ask nicely. Um, you know, obviously not all your requests are always going to be granted, but, you know, if you can um, provide, you know, you can, if you can be um, clear in the reasonings behind it and, and what sort of support you need, often their uh, employers are open to it. Um, you know, personally, when I um, returned from a career break, uh, I, you know, I went for a full-time position, um, but, you know, at Identity Experts, they they said, look, Shelley, what do you need? And I, I did say, in all honesty, I'd, I'd rather not do five days. Um, I'd, I would have done it because I wanted the job, um, but I said I'd rather start part-time and do three days a week. Um, and they said, that's fine. And they, they they let me start three days a week so I could ease myself and my family back into the workforce. And, uh, and then they let me uh, become full-time on my own terms when I was uh, ready, when I had a few, um, you know, personal situations I needed to settle. And then I was able to, to, um, to go full time. And, and, you know, if I hadn't asked, then, then that wouldn't have happened. Um, And I think that's important. We have to have the confidence to, to just make our, um, make our needs clear. No, they're not mind readers. Nobody is. (laughs) No, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, up to a point and I do think that that women are a little bit pre-programmed to think that um, in the same way that they examine a, a job application um, and are, are honest about the areas that maybe they need to work on or they don't have that experience we're also a little bit pre-programmed to think that we won't we can't ask about that because it, it they won't go for that as I say, we tend to shut things down rather than open up the conversation. And, and again, there are so many areas that, as a society, we need to look at um, how we can make things better. Uh, and I do think that more companies will be will start to realise, like identity experts, that you know, if you really want to have quality employees that are very um, loyal and uh, committed to their work, which most of us would like to be, we would like to really enjoy being at work and, and achieving and meeting the deadlines, uh, that's great. You know, we feel valued and it's really important to us no matter if we're parents or not. And I think that in order to to get to that ideal place, um, employers and employees have to have an an environment where we really communicate what can be the best working and most productive working environment. Um, I do think, unfortunately, there are still a number of smaller um, organizations that are run by uh, people who feel that their employees if they're not visible if they're not um, you know in front of a computer screen or actually uh, delivering a service 
then uh, in front of their very eyes, then they're not doing their work. And this really is such an outdated way of thinking um, because the research and the evidence is there to show that people who are offered in the same way that you were offered a a flexible working environment that fitted in with your home life, that actually when you are there at work, you're really present and really productive. And that's what, that's the message that has to get across to more uh, companies. Absolutely. And as you say, it, it, it breathe, if you can do that, it does breed loyalty and commitment from your employees. It, it really does, yes. And I, I think also we've got to remember that although you might want to have a very professional working environment, if you treat people in the way that you would want your family members to be treated in the workplace, then it's a, it's a simple um, method of measuring how successful it can be really you know you see that people are more enthusiastic they're more open to compromise and finding solutions um and when when you have a i don't know if you've ever experienced this but if you go into a work environment where it's very negative and and uh, employees feel that they're nothing but a number for example they just clock on and clock off then you feel the difference. It's really tangible. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, very um, insightful. And, um, now, just finally, I was going to ask you if you have any advice about for, for women about managing the work-life balance. How um, can you suggest that that women are able to, you know, not have it all, um, but <laughs> uh, but you know, to try and maintain their their life balance when you know when obviously they do return to work and it can feel all consuming. Yes, and I think what I think about the people that I worked with on developing the program, the Returners program. Um, I, I was so lucky because we got professionals involved, professional coaches. And um, one part of the team was um, uh, a lady who is a psychologist because we knew when we were going to be gathering up our 12 ladies that were, um, who had all these different experiences and um, times away from the workplace, um, we knew that we would probably kick up quite a lot of stuff. So I really wanted to have the professionals in place to know how we could close each session at a very safe place and you know, enable women to go back feeling inspired rather than being weighed down by you know more challenges or feeling that they were facing an even bigger challenge getting into the workplace. And, and I would say that when I think about one of the coaches, she said, we have got to learn to be kinder to ourselves. And I do believe that is the case, especially, I think women are more susceptible to, before, even before 
you know, they get into a, a relationship and they have children, we feel that we have to work so much harder at our careers than many of our male counterparts. So we're already programmed to be more, uh, uh, to be tougher on ourselves and to have, you know, try and achieve um, better uh, achievements and, and goals at work. And I think that as a result, when we go away from the workplace and we're looking after our children coming back, we automatically expect that we will do exactly, just slot back in and deliver at the same rate of delivery. And I think we have to understand that there's a transitional phase and also we have to um, recognise the skills that we have obtained while looking after a young family. They're amazing skills. You know, I, I know somebody said to me, well, if you can negotiate for two and a half years with a, a three and a half year old and a five year old, <laughs> you, you can not sort of meetings um, out of the park, you know, because you have developed new skills. And women, I, I think more and more of us need to access uh, programs and events where we're reminded of that. Yes. Um, yeah. So that we can go back into an environment that, that we can feel more supported. And if we're not supported, we can feel confident enough to raise the point and negotiate a way that employers can see that this is a benefit yeah no absolutely um uh, thank you so much una i really appreciate um your time today um and i yeah just like to say thank you to to all of our guests actually um it's important to support each other in navigating the the challenges that career returners face and i hope our listeners have um, enjoyed hearing the stories and advice um, for these extraordinary these extraordinary women um, as much as i have i'm shelly hill and you've been listening to identity talks the podcast from Identity Experts. Mm -hmm.